Unite Wedding Photographers, and welcome to episode number 34 of Wedding Photographers Unite. I'm one of your hosts, Andy Buscemi, in good company with the mythical legend himself, Mr. Neil Urban. Neil, how are you, and what has been going on lately? I'm good, Andy. I'm good. Uh, I just worked my uh, first, well, one of the first weddings of the year um, two weeks ago, and I worked it without my main assistant, Danielle, without my wife. Uh, it's been since 2010 that I worked without her. Uh, she had her own wedding going on at a di- in a different part of town, and and we 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 separated, we we parted ways, but not for good. It was just that weekend, and um, it was it was very different to have my like have a new assistant. She's worked so with is us this before. Like- she- this is like the hmm. first time then? This is the first time you've done this? Because I know that we this has come up over the show recently mm-hmm. and this has been building up and now it's actually happening yeah. where those booked weddings are happening now. So is that Correct. right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, right around the, the time that we started this podcast last year, this is when we started putting things into work of of hiring um her you know, Danielle booking her own weddings. Mm-hmm. And then we started bringing on more assistants and they worked with us all last year. They were uh, third shooters for us last year. So they got a sense of how both of us worked. Now last year Danielle did work weddings without me. She had her own assistants. Um, she did engagement shoots and all that stuff. So it wasn't her first time without me, but it was my first time without her. Um so she was ready for it. She was, it was just another, another day at the ballpark for her. But for me, it was, I was nervous. It was my, it was the first time I've been nervous for a wedding in years. <laughs> um, yeah. So since 2010 is, it was, was kind of different, but, um, but I, uh, our assistant survived. Um, I didn't yell at her at all. She did really good. Um, well, congr- and, congratulations uh, she, yeah. man, on, on expanding the business and everything like that. Cause oh, it's been a long you. time thank coming you. and now it's, now it's, you know, now we're in 2016 and that, that's happening. So congrats, man. Thank you. Thank you. How you been? Uh, I've been doing pretty good. Um, you know, I have a few updates. I actually had my first wedding uh, this past weekend, uh, and it was uh, it was a killer, man. It was it was uh, it was it was a killer. Like it was an awesome wedding. Loved the couple mm-hmm. and everything like that. But it, it mm-hmm. was a killer in terms of like I needed like two days of recovery. It was <laughs> it was an Indian and Jewish wedding. Oh, okay. um, oh, wow! So, okay. And so they did both ceremonies throughout the same day. Luckily, there was like a little bit of a break in the middle of so the day. So it was one day. Like it was that. a one day thing, or or a multiple day. Yeah, it was. Um, matter of fact, it was in Buffalo, so I had to um, I had to wake up at five a.m. Uh, in order to get there by seven thirty. Oh. Yeah, was it seven thirty start time? Yeah, so uh, yeah, so it was, I start, had a seven thirty start time, and their ceremony started at eight thirty, the Hindu ceremony, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then things went from there. <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was a long, long, long day. But it was an awesome day, and I got really, really great photos and everything like that. And it was kind of good to get, you know, just throw throw yourself back into the swing of things. Um, um, and and I, you know, I was every I think every wedding season, the start of every new wedding season, I get a little bit nervous, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, am I am I out of my out of my game right now? But I just kind of like fell right back into it, like I like I had oh, stopped. Good, good. Um, so that was it's kinda it's cool. kind of tough at first of of looking at light um, and and doing posing and everything. Um, how how do you feel about that? Did yeah, it all I, just come right back to you. It kind of it kind of did i still you know but in a way that you know the things the same things that i felt like i was kind of struggling with last year are still i'm still kind of working through but 
I'm, you know, I'm very, so I can very easily just like do my thing, you know, the thing that I've been doing and I'll come up with, you know, good stuff. And there was a few th- times where I really, um, I noticed that, that I, because I've been shooting so much longer, I was in situations where three years ago, if I would have been in the same situation and had the amount of time to shoot what I had to shoot, um, because they had like multiple outfit changes throughout the day. And like, mm-hmm. I had very little time with one of their outfits and, um, outfits, you know, <laughs> yeah, attire is maybe a better word. Um, but, uh, but I made things happen like really quick and I was like, okay, dude, good job. You know what I mean? Cause I don't know. I was giving myself mm-hmm. a little pat on the back because it was like, I didn't have a lot of time, you know, with that one set and, and I kind of made things happen. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's been going on. And then, uh, finally, 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 I have studio space, um, that I'm renting out here in Rochester. Yeah. Um, I know you've been uh, on the fence about it for a while now, and I see you finally finally made the choice. Yeah, and uh, for me, it was just um, I noticed, you know. So to be honest, uh, I've noticed a little bit of a hit in my in the number of weddings that I'm shooting this year for 2016. Um, you know, listeners have heard and noticed that I that I've very often said. Uh, you know, about shooting 30 weddings a year and shooting 30 weddings is my goal and my business is based around 30. Well, for 2016, between the move that I had out to Rochester uh, and a lot of things kind of going on where um, that, you know, maybe a little personal I don't want to get totally into in the podcast. um, I've had Mm -hmm. a lot lot going on where where I haven't been really pushing out my work and that kind of thing. So I'm really only at like 25 weddings um, for next year. but one a very something you know i've never really worried about it and i always know that the gaps will kind of fill in when they do uh, and they always have they always have filled in um and luckily i just got uh got a gig uh sh- to shoot the lilac festival out here in rochester which is like a 10 day gig and it kind of makes up for the for the work that i was okay. afraid of of losing and everything like that you know when i you know because there's a certain amount of money that i expect to make per year and listeners have heard me mm-hmm. talk about that on the show and um so very luckily like that gig came along and worked out and everything like that um but that's putting me into a like a little bit of a crazier frame of mind much earlier in the wedding season than i would like uh because i move into the studio space may one and then okay. this uh this gig the lilac festival it was just basically the lilac festival is kind of like the boston marathon of rochester i guess if if you're unfamiliar with with rochester for our listeners um and so it's a pretty sweet gig um but i'm going to be going crazy that that first part of may now uh trying to move into my studio and shoot that thing over 10 long grueling days (laughs) (laughs) um and then i have an intern starting in may as well uh so between all of that and these other things that I have going on here, uh, there's it's there's a lot going on already. Quickly, quickly, it's, it's already started up much sooner. Um, uh-huh. But uh, so th- that's the basic of you know of what's been going on recently, and that can kind of lead into our first topic here that I have. Um, unless you had anything else uh, that you've been up to, you wanted to mention. Um, no, no, that I mean that sounds great. At least you kind of know that. Um, like a month or so in advance that you know that you have that coming up. So you just didn't take that 10 day job just a couple of days beforehand. So you can, so if you do have some editing to do or any albums to design, at least that'll give you from now until then to complete those. And then once that t- 10 day, uh, um, you know, project will hit, yeah, you're kind of ready for it. Um, my, my goal for, for myself and my business for this year is to stay on, t- 
on time with everything. And we've, we've already done like two weddings and I'm already behind. I already have five things on the board and um, now I have to try and catch up um, and, and work hard again and just get back on track. Even though the season just started, um, I have to find ways to do this better. Um, and it, it'll come. I, I do have a couple things planned out. So, and technology is getting better and software is getting better. So, um, yeah. and, and our, with our, our, with our laptops, right. With our upgraded laptops, the yeah. speed of editing a wedding literally is, Correct. is much faster too. That's so. very true. That's very true. If it wasn't for these laptops, if it wasn't for this upgrade, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be still swallowed back in uh 2014 kind <laughs> yeah, of, kind of work. I'd, I'd still yeah. have like 40 projects on the board. So yep. I can't complain about five. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I had, you know, it's funny that you say that because every year I say the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to be on it this year. I'm going to like one wedding, I'm going to edit that that down in like one week and I'm not going to fall behind. And then every year, like some, like it happens and builds up because you have to make those choices. And then at the same time, you have to live too, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, you got to play that balance, you know, and, and sometimes it is what it is, but as long as we're trying, you know, we're trying, trying yeah, to keep yeah, up as much as definitely. possible. So. And, and you know what? Yeah. Um, and don't forget if, if you're, if you're down in weddings, go listen to the past episode uh in-person sales that can raise your income by right. a lot so and that was a fantastic episode too so uh if our listeners didn't listen to that episode go back and listen to uh episode 33 that's and and start and favorite it and like it and review it um that, that'd be wonderful so uh very important episode yeah absolutely um uh, Michaela and Dave, awesome, awesome people. And that really was a good one that, that if you have not listened to, you should go back and listen to because especially because I feel like even when I titled the episode, I titled it in-person sales and you, and I'm like, I don't know, some people might not listen to this episode, you know, <laughs> but if you, if you're one of those people and you didn't listen, you, sh- you need to go back and listen to that because it's really, really good stuff. Uh, especially if you're even a lot like like me, where I have a digital package and everything like that, it opened my eyes up to uh, a little bit more of of, of you know. I always kind of you know you know what the point is and you know why and you want to get the work in people's hands. But hearing it from Michaela, who's doing it and killing it, um, and getting quality products in their her clients' hands is worth listening to. Uh, you need to swallow that medicine. Basically, is what I'm saying. Uh, go back yeah, and some people if you haven't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, but so, this is this actually leads up uh, right to our uh, our first subject of uh, of the show, which um, which is when to say no to new work. I think that's a great topic. Yeah, and you know, I brought this up as a topic: when to say no to new work, because uh, you know, I had a couple recent inquiries uh, that. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, actually, I want to ask you first. I want to put you, I want to put the spot on you first before I, before I get into mine. So, so Neil, when when you get a, incoming inquiries, and uh, what are some maybe red flags for you, or like if you if you're too busy, or what are what are you what's your criteria for like um, you know working along and 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 going down that path with with a potential client and just saying no, I'm too busy right now. Um, where what what are you, what are some of your thoughts on that? I, I try and say no no, or I try not to say no to like v, our VIP clients, those clients who are just fantastic people. No matter what they have or want us to shoot, uh, if, if they're if they were fantastic wedding clients, they you know they're great people. Those are the people I try not to say no to. I'll try and make it work out with my, our schedule as much as possible. Um, 
any 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 new inquiries about maybe like newborn shoots we we try not to do uh just because it it does take a long time that's not really our specialty we can do them we can do a great job at them but it's not really our specialty it's not something that we really love to do but if if a vip client you know comes to us and it's it's a big moment in their lives I mean, of course, we'll 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 do do it for them. Uh, but if if they're new, if if they really weren't referred by anybody, um, we will easily pass that on to um, you know other friends in the area who are really good at that stuff. Uh, you know, I uh, want we have you, no problem. I want you to keep so. going in a second, but I want to mm-hmm. uh, I want our listeners to notice that that's actually a, a kind of a pretty important point, especially for us wedding photographers. Um, when, when we know people, when we know our clients and we know what to expect from them and we've built up a relationship with them, it's so much easier going into a shoot when I, when you, when we know the people that we're going to be working with. And for me, I have much easier, it's much more easier for me to say yes to that, to those clients when I've worked with them before I like them, they like me, we have a good relationship so much easier, um, to say Mm -hmm. that. And I think part of this is, is going to, is for me is like when it's, when it's a new client. And we don't know what to expect, and we're getting lots of questions and things like that. That might be a little bit of a red flag, especially if it's not our specialty. Like if you're saying newborns or whatever, you're, you know, whatever it might be. So I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I think that's no, an important okay. point uh, that that kind of resonates with me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and then it all depends on our schedule. Uh, if if they come to us between um, December and April, then yeah, we we have some leeway with our schedule. Um, but I mean, once, once May through November hit, um, I mean, there's, there's not much time that, uh, that we can, um, schedule new clients for. So, um, but weddings are bread and butter and that's, that's priority number one. And if, if there's uh if there's a job that really excites us and we have time for it, um, then yeah, we'll, we're all for it. But, um, but it also depends on, you know, the amount of time that's going to take, is it going to set our weddings back? Um, a, a couple weeks. Um, set it back a week. Okay, no problem. Set it back three or four weeks, just because this, it could be a commercial job that's so big. Um, and, or and it also depends on do we have to bring in more people, all that stuff. So a lot of variables go into it. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much how we how we look at it. What about yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, the same same kind of thing. You know, the the reason that I brought it up is because I had a couple inquiries for for like. Uh, you know, new portrait sessions that were in weird times where where now I, my maze has turned into craziness um, when it wasn't before, <laughs> you know, before this 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 gig. And um, but now that it is, I'm kind of more like, well, um, you know, I don't it, I'm I'll refer something out if I'm if if on that initial email, you can pretty much tell, um, you know, how much of a how how much of a how much time you're going to end up investing into the shoot because I have a certain, you know, rate that I have for a portrait session and, uh, and it doesn't change, you know, if they ask me more questions or not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like some, some clients are just like, Oh yeah, you know, little, it's very easy to set up the location and the time and then you're good to go. And then some other clients it's before you have a location and time set, it's literally a string of 30 to 40 emails, you know, going back and forth. Um, you, you, know, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and as much yeah. as I try to maybe minimize that to try and hone things in, it can be a little bit more challenging for um, people that sometimes are maybe a perfectionist or, um, or have, or maybe are just a little bit unsure of themselves and that kind of thing. And, uh, and so, you know, sometimes it's literally just easier to work with clients that, uh, 
that are are easier to work with. I hate to say it, but it's true. And mm-hmm. if I, and if you catch me in a bad time, um, where then you know I might end up referring out and and saying no. And you know the the thing that that I, reason I brought this up is because or the one of the main things that I that I reasons that I bring this up, especially for our listeners who are maybe a little bit newer, where when you first start out you might actually almost never want to say no unless you absolutely have to, right? Because every one of those new clients can be a, can be a potential person to network with and get your name out there and get other people and their friends of their friends of their friends. And um, you really, when you're first starting out, um, probably don't want to be saying no very almost at all you know but then but even if it's um even if maybe the rate isn't what you want it to be because at that point you're still building up a portfolio um but as you go on and as you as you um continue to do this and as you continue to be more booked uh then you start to ask yourself um you 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 actually i bring this up for this reason too i have to remind myself like dude you have to say no you will be going (laughs) crazy if you if you just say yes to all this stuff and and even if it's like like a shoot where, you know, if it's a nonprofit looking for coverage of an event or something like that, while mm-hmm. I'm while I might really want to do that, uh, and if I am available, so I'll try to do that. But you can't. Sometimes you got to say no to that stuff. Um, and uh, and that's 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 where I'm coming from. Yeah, I should go grab Danielle and get her on this show because she, I'm, I'm actually the yes man of the business. Mm-hmm. I will say yes to everything. Yeah. Uh, but then she, she has to remind me that, you know, we don't have any time to do this because she runs the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm excited about a project and she looks at the schedule and say, we can't do it. Um, so unfortunately, I have to be the no guy and, and go back to the client and say no. Um, but it's 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 um, always look at your schedule and, and make sure that uh you don't, you know, overwork yourself. Yep, absolutely. Cause but, then that but, I mean, when you're new, I mean, you're, but when you're new, you're still trying out stuff. You're still trying to find yourself. You're still trying to find your style. Uh, so it's okay to take, to take on stuff. Um, a little bit of everything when you're new, but once, once you get going with weddings and, and if, and I mean, I have a feeling that everybody who's listening to the show is into weddings. So once you get to your number of weddings, uh, focus on those and then, and then make these other little projects, you know, little extra, extra income. Uh, yep, yeah, absolutely. And uh, listeners, uh, just a reminder that we do have an assortment of handpicked information that's relevant to you. But first, just in case you lost your place in space and time, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-monthly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers. By wedding photographers. The show goes live every other Tuesday. And while we're at it, please do leave us a review in iTunes, subscribe in iTunes, and help us help you by sending questions in to info at weddingphotographersunite.com. Uh, we prefer to talk, to talk with you rather than at you. Uh, Neil, this is going to bring us to our uh, next topic, which um, actually is not maybe directly related. So I just kind of lied in our little, our little uh, promo dialogue there. But it will, it will lead in there. And we figured we were starting to get into this conversation uh, just a moment ago. We're like, ah, we'll save it for the show and see if, uh, see if it, see if it works out and relates to, uh, relates back over. But listeners, you do remember that uh, we had an episode called uh, Virtual Reality Weddings or something like that. And I said that that was going to be happening. I was Uh, wondering if that's going to come up in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, I have something here. I have something that came. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, it came on my birthday. 
Uh, oh. And it was very amazing that it just it just happened to arrive on my birthday. Uh, and what it is is it's uh, the the HTC Vive. Okay, and this thing is amazing. This thing is incredible, and it literally um, and. I, I was just I was just wanting to talk to Neil about this. He was like, "No, save it for the show." Uh, so I'll tell listeners, listeners, this thing is amazing. You need to uh, check this thing I was, out. It's I was hoping you'd forget about it, but that's <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that wasn't no, I'm gonna, kidding, that, I'm kidding. That wasn't no, going to happen. It's sitting right here in front of me and uh, and staring at me, saying, "Use me, play with me." Um, <laughs> but what what is so amazing about it? And we had the the conversation briefly about the HTC Vive or not the, the 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 virtual reality almost a year ago or something now with the S six and. Everything like that, but uh, this thing is crazy because what it does is it literally turns your room like into the holodeck. If you ever watch Star Trek: The Next Generation back in the day, uh, when you put this thing over your head and you put on a pair of stereo heads headphones, and you have these controllers in your hand that are tracked one to one, which basically means that if I if I toss the controller in the air even though i'm technically blind because i'm in this in this head head mounted display um i mm-hmm. will catch it every time because i can see it in virtual reality like mapped in virtual reality so as i'm in vr with these controllers if i toss it up in the air i will catch it and actually my buddy was over the other day and i put him in vr and i you know and uh tossed him the controller you know even though and he totally caught it you know it's like <laughs> It's 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 totally insane and crazy what this thing what this thing does and it's like the first taste of like where this technology is going but it's so mind-blowing crazy right now that um that it's it's very very intriguing. So well I mean and the reason why we keep talking about this not only because Andy's really obsessed with this <laughs> yeah. but, it's, it's and, a combination was, people let's be honest. And and, and and I'll be honest I was impressed by it too uh with the first time I put it on um and every time I go over Andy's house I put it on and I I get more and more impressed by it. But the reason why we keep talking about this is because we have a feeling that this is where the industry might go someday in the in the near future yeah uh, with with not only wedding photography but more more probably more like wedding videography i i think those t- i think wedding photography and videography will still exist but i have a feeling that this is just going to be a new platform a new business a new a new media um for clients to uh to use um for for weddings yeah and, and i know that some some listeners are probably thinking we're crazy mm-hmm. and off our rocker and everything like that about this and this is more of a i don't know near term but i think but definitely unquestionably when i'm in like 10 15 years or something like that unquestionably um it will everything will be augmented reality where you'll be able to put down your glasses right just glasses right now they're these big bulky headsets and it's weird and odd but when you look towards the future and think about what's going to happen it's going to be like an augmented reality thing where when i can just put my glasses down and we'll be meeting in virtual spaces, right? Even this podcast, um, rather mm-hmm. than meeting online through, you know, through computer screens, um, because in VR right now, I can put on my headset and go into a virtual reality space and meet with other people across the world, and we have avatars. But what's crazy about it, and that I think people don't understand, is that literally it's like there's an eight foot person in front of me that with it has an avatar. Like they're as tall as I am. There is, and when they talk, 
their head moves from side to side. And now with these hand controllers, their hands move along with their motion, you know, as they're talking. Matter of fact, in virtual reality, we can throw virtual objects to each other. And literally, I was throwing virtual objects like like catch like i was playing catch with somebody in san francisco do you know what i mean like i was in vr with my hand with my heads with my controllers and i was throwing like a baseball and as i threw the baseball the other this other person in california was catching the baseball and then throwing it back to me you know but what were they catching in real life though anything or were they just kind of catching the ball and or is this like they were like is a, this a real object like like this like the thing that you threw to your friend when, when he was no, there with you in person yeah yeah so, so no that was a real object the first thing i was talking about this is you know it's online through the internet so it's like i'm using my hand motion controller and throwing a virtual ball while he catches the virtual ball for example mm-hmm. and then that person can throw that virtual ball back to me so there's no there's no virtual ball other than i mean there's no actual physical ball but it's it virtually but but the the idea of that i want to get across i guess is that there's that feeling of presence that you're actually there with somebody else um having these conversations and when you think about weddings or event coverage and there's actually a lot of examples of this in virtual reality right now where you can, you know, set up three 360 degree view cameras and experience a concert. For example, like um, Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. um, you can see a Paul McCartney concert in virtual reality and be like on the stage and be able to look around and see people in the crowd. And it feels like you're in the crowd and this kind of thing. Um, and there's no real way to explain like how good it actually is, um, but it's... Uh, it's you, it's one of those things that you have to try it to really understand that you know that that there's somebody can be you know like a six foot person in front of you. I, I said eight feet before. I don't know why I said eight feet. Yeah, I was gonna say but, I know you're tall, but uh, eight yeah. feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is is like it's actually like um, there's somebody there. You, you know, yeah, like in yeah. three dimensions, it's stereoscopic. Um, when you turn your head to the right and to the left, it's ninety frames per second now on these on on the newer version, which actually is you know what virtual reality actually is because the stuff that we were playing around with is just mm-hmm. is kind of like a introductory it's on a cell phone kind of here's the gist yeah. this stuff this stuff when it's done right and, and and developed right it is so convincing it is scary it is literally just unbelievable like what 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 it actually does and and so you can actually walk oh matter of fact i'm sorry i have to get i have to i have to i have to keep going on this i hope i'm not losing too many <laughs> listeners but this is amazing stuff stick um, with us people <laughs> uh, so check it out if this isn't a testament to like what what's going going to be happening with this uh google tilt brush okay i i painted in three dimensional space literally painted in three-dimensional space for like 10 to 15 hours over the past few days since I got this thing. Really? And what I mean is I, you're, you are painting in three dimensions. So I literally like one, for example, one project that I did, because why not, is I painted my room like using duct tape because there's like a duct tape brush in three dimensions. And so I like made, I like in my living room, Neil, you've been over my living room, okay? Yeah. So like, yeah. It looked like like I was waving my hands around the room like a crazy person. If anybody was watching me with this with this thing I'm over my head, was but, your dog uh, in the room? Was he just like kind of staring at you? I'd, no, I'd love to have been no, there. No, I, th- I think he knows that that the crazy man is doing something crazy <laughs> when that's happening. Uh, so, but um, 
but yeah, so like I was painting, like I painted my room, like the room that I grew up in in high school, but this crazy artistic funky version that I can walk around. So like, so like as I put the headset on, I'm walking around my old room in this artistic crazy funkified way that I was that I like painted the ceilings and painted the walls and like painted the little TV set and put in you know you know and it, and it just it's so crazy um that mm-hmm. that you can you can build a virtual space by painting it now and then but that's just the first step because then where it's going to go from there is that not only my paintings but other people can paint with me because we can do it online together and yeah. so I'll paint part of it and then you'll paint part of it and then we'll be in these 3D spaces um and you know the meetings will be in 3D spaces the point is is that i know that it's it's hard, very hard for some people to think long term about where this is going when the technology gets there to have it be like through your glasses or something like that but it is going there it's going to get there and it's going to change everything we don't matter of fact i don't even really need a physical computer monitor anymore in virtual reality because I, and in the, the head head mounted display uh, you can have a virtual screen and, and just like Minority Report, you can move screens around and do these different things. The idea of physical TVs and physical computer monitors is, um, is you know, around for, for a little bit. But in about 10 to 15 years, it's going to be it's going to be a thing of the past, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to to have a physical t- television is is funny. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I can see where that that's where it's going. So once it gets to that point, OK. And let's. I'll try to bring this back to audience now, people. Okay, but when, once it gets <laughs> once it gets to that point, um, with with weddings, absolutely everybody is going to want because it's like the next version of 1080p. Um, it's it's like color TV. People are going to want their photos in color, right? It's it's you the feeling of presence and experience. It is literally like you're there again. You are in the room again. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I was just going to say that what I would give, I mean, what I would give to have this available when I got married, I, I, I always think about my wedding, you know, our fourth anniversary is coming up and what I would give to have this available to relive those moments. Um, and no one who it would really be special to have something like this is when a loved one passes away hmm. and you, and you're actually watching this virtual reality of, of your day. Uh, being being lived over again and yeah, seeing a loved and, one and seeing a six foot version of your grandfather right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. i i just really really wish that this was available you know years ago um and that and that's and that's what i i have a feeling that this is going to take off and it already has taken off i mean look how many episodes were we talking about this and a lot of not a lot of people have heard of it now it's becoming almost mainstream um and the reason why we, we started talking about this right before we started recording the show is that Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook had the, had the conference. Of, it's called F8. And pretty much he's pretty, I mean, he's a big believer in this whole virtual reality. And he's already releasing stuff um, that you can actually watch virtual reality on your iPhone right now. Uh, but from what I, when I watched it, a lot, has to, a lot had to do with virtual reality. Uh, of the future of Facebook because he really wants to connect people all over the world and not just, you know, of, of writing on people's walls. He really, really wants to connect with you of that. You can actually be there. Well, be there in, in space um, in virtuality of, of talking to people and, and witnessing these amazing moments in people's lives yeah. and, and cameras. They even release some cameras that they're coming out with and they're, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be, 
these huge expensive cameras it looks like they're really geared for like consumer markets uh just like with the drones nowadays you know the drones aren't aren't ten ten thousand dollars they're they're a thousand bucks uh even less than that so uh you know it's 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 moving fast and if i don't know it's i think it's gonna blow up yeah and the writing is on the wall when facebook bought bought oculus rift and is now you know the what do you think that they're doing? Of course, that's what they're doing. They're, they are trying to do exactly what what I mentioned, which is like they already have the network in place. Now it's a matter of being on Facebook and getting people in those virtual spaces. Now, this is, this is again, it's years down the road because it is still a little awkward with these big, ugly head, head display things. It's a little awkward right now. But as the technology improves... This is absolutely the right thing that they should be doing because that's that's clearly where it's going. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, so it's very and, and, sorry, and no um, uh, in the Facebook thing they, you know, you wear glasses. You know, if if you don't know what Andy looks like, you know, Facebook them and and you can see the type of glasses that he wears. But in in the in the show of of the F eight, the glasses literally looked just like the glasses Andy's wearing right now. Hmm. And, and that's actually and something that's, I'll need to check out then. So, yeah. so, like, like they were talking about augmented reality then, um, probably. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, it's crazy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, uh, that's that's kind of my <laughs> my recent experience <laughs> with that. But I could get into it. I could go so much further, but I won't do that. To, I won't do that to everybody. <laughs> I listen to the show, and we'll get back on with a uh, with another couple wedding topics here. Um, if that's but okay. but our listeners, you heard it here first. You know, this is going to be the the next big thing for for weddings, and you guys heard it here first a couple episodes ago. Yeah. La- last year, uh, I think it was. I can't remember that episode, well, but it was well, last year. That's why. That's why. Because it was. It's. Uh, that's why I called the episode what I did. I. It was like virtual reality weddings. Calling it because <laughs> I because literally I think I think people think that I'm crazy. I think they think that I'm just nuts talking about this. But when you see it, when you actually experience it, and by the way, 2016 is the year that you will. Um, if you haven't already, you're going to start to have friends that have it, and you'll start seeing it in like Best Buy and and different things like that. So you're going to experience it this year if you haven't already. Um, and hopefully because you can have a bad experience if it's not set up the right way at Best Buy and, or people don't know what they're doing, that kind of thing. But if you have a good experience, you will know what I'm talking about immediately because mm-hmm. it is it is, it is is earth-shattering in terms of like the, the, the experience that, that, um, that you can even have right now with, with, with where it's at. You can feel like you're under the water with a huge whale swimming by your face, for example, in this one demo. And it literally feels like this whale is gigantic and swimming above you and the, the, and you look in its eye and you can see all the little things and it's, it, it's mind blowing. Okay. I'm going, I'm getting a little too excited about this. <laughs> I, need to, I need to fulfill my promise of getting back on um, with, with the wedding photography here. Um, <laughs> but, but was, you know, if this is a big, if this is a big failure, like Google glass was, um, then yeah, don't send us hate mail either. <laughs> yeah, but it won't be. It won't be. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm playing the long-term game too. I'm saying, I'm saying 10 to 15 years when it actually goes down. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, start start thinking about it now, people, because it's going to change things like everything. Um, okay, uh, so that said, uh, we got a couple couple topics from our listeners on that survey, and I see Neil highlighting the the choice in our Google spreadsheets that he. Oh wants wait a me minute! To- no, that's no, that's not me. No, no, I, that was accident. Oh <laughs> well, either way, either way, I think we probably should go with that topic. So we're going to go to. Uh, 
the topic of lens choice mm-hmm. and what what lens do you choose and why at a wedding and neil of course i'm gonna throw this to you first so um so you're at a wedding and different things are happening first of all like what lenses do you even have with you on a regular basis what are your main go-to lenses and then why are you choosing what you're choosing and in what situations Uh, maybe just talk about your lenses and why you use what you use and and when you use them and maybe i'll kind of follow up with my my choices sure sure uh around my body i have like on a on a camera strap um i have a um a camera body with my 14 to 24. Um, so it's always re- with me ready to go uh, when I need that wide angle. Um, and I can also always zoom into the 24. And then um, and then in my bag, I keep my 50 1.4. And then on my other camera body, which is my main, my main camera, uh, which I have it on my spider belt, um, is a 7200 uh, 2.8. And uh, those are my three lenses. Um, I pull, I pull the 50 out, um, quite often. Um, if, you know, if, if I'm not wide enough for the, uh, for the 7,200 or if it's, if the 1424 is too wide, then I just pull the 50 out because they used to be my workhorse lens. Uh, but now, uh, but my, now I love the 7,200. Um, and those are my three lenses. I keep it very simple. So whenever I have to go to the camera bag, all I gotta do is worry about one lens and that's the 50 and, the, and that's not a bad camera or a bad lens to, uh, to, to go to, uh, when I need something else. So that's, that's it. I, I, I just like it to keep it very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and what about you? Yeah. So lens choice for me, um, you know, I, st- I used to shoot mostly zooms and I've recently moved to mostly primes, but that's not true with that 70, 70 to 200 because I still love my 70 to 200. Um, uh, I've really kind of like when I show up in the morning. Uh, well, so first of all, let me talk about the lenses that I bring on a wedding. Um, so uh, my wide angle lens is a 16. No, it used to be a 16. Now I'm shooting a 20 millimeter uh, is my is my wide. It's a 20 millimeter prime. Uh, and then I go to a 35 millimeter prime, which is that art series. Uh, 50 millimeter prime, that art series from Sigma. Um and then the next would be a 105 macro Nikon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a 135 Nikon, but I don't. I actually stopped bringing that for a couple of reasons that I can talk about later. Um, <laughs> and then uh, 70 to 200, but I know that I definitely missed something in there. What did I miss? Um, see, I, so I go from a from a 20 millimeter, 35, 50, 85 is what I missed. 105 the 135 and then a 70 to 200 and my my mind frame is this actually um the reason i so that's i guess five six seven that's eight lenses and i've been bringing seven i haven't been bringing the 135 Um, so we're completely different of of the lens of the lenses that we have of of how many we bring especially to yeah yeah i guess so Um, so um I've I've enjoyed shooting the primes more um recently and um but so so here's here's my thing one thing that I want to mention first of all is this if one lens breaks you always have to have backups for a wedding right so if a camera body breaks you have to have another one or and a third right um if 
if a flash breaks, you got to have two in a second. You always have to be prepared for backups. If what if one breaks, then you got to have something else. And partly one of the reasons that I have that lens lineup that I just mentioned is for the most part, if any one of those lenses goes, I'm totally covered with something that can get me by, you know? So if mm-hmm. my 70 to 200 goes, I can just use my 105. If my 105 goes, I've still got that range. If my 35 goes, you know, I'll have to shoot a little bit wider and crop in and the 50. If the 20 millimeter breaks and I drop that on a wedding, then I'll have to shoot the 35 and back up if I can. That that one, that's the one that I worry about the most if I if I drop that on a wedding or something happens to it on the wedding. I'm sorry, which which one was it? The 20 millimeter. Because sometimes okay. you really have to, um, you know, you have to be able to shoot wide when you need to shoot wide, especially at wide ends. People come up with big group shots at a reception. Um, so that one would set me back the most if, if, uh, if I lost it during a wedding, but, uh, but, uh, so that's my lens lineup and um, I, I do have some, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, not going to ask. Um, I, I have something to add because I do feel the same way about you. Now I used to shoot pretty much 90% of weddings with a 50 millimeter. Now it's, it's, now it's kind of like the 7,200. Now if my 7,200 goes, I am completely confident that i can shoot rest of the wedding with a 50 all i gotta do is move my move, move my body up back and forth um and then i'll have my 14 to 24 if my 14 to 24 goes which it has recently um which <laughs> andy you saw a shot that i did because i lost my 14 to 24 um at, at during this wedding i didn't mm. have it with me um and i shot this one huge shot uh which was a very wide angle shot i shot it with a 50 but i just did an eight eight shot panel with it mm. um so I, I did survive with still shooting a 50 i only had a 50 and my 7200 that day um but i made it work because you know i i just did a couple panos and mm. it just you know now that's actually later. that's interesting mm. because i have not um thought about that and when I'm just thinking about when I what I said what I just said, if my twenty goes, it's gonna suck with my thirty five, which it will if you need to get the shot right off the bat. But that's mm-hmm. yeah. that's not a bad idea. You shoot the panels. And matter of fact, that one shot that you um that you got an award on at WPPI that Neil just mentioned, that was the I think the shot that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um when you and that was a handheld pano, right? So what do you it was, it what, was. So it was talk, uh, it was talk us was, through what how to how to handhold a pano and what you do and how you stitch it and what was your process for that? Well I you know, Andy Andy was witness when when it got judged. Uh, we were there in person when when it, in the room when it got judged and they did take points off of because of the distortion and they felt like it was a one shot thing which some of the judges did but if you really look at the image I mean, you could probably tell that it was stitched together. Um, but with, with that shot, okay, it was if, if you go to my website, or I think I posted it on one of the show, uh, one of the show notes at, at some point, a couple couple episodes ago. It's it's the shot with the horse carriage and the couple in it, and with the, with light coming through a, a beautiful maple tree in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, this this shot was right before. Uh, the intros, uh, they want to be introduced into the, into the tent w- in the horse, horse carriage. Now I, I just went back there, uh, because they, they let the bridal party get introduced. So I went back to the couple just to get those little last minute shots right before they get introduced to their, their reception. Then I, I saw this setting and I was like, really, I, I don't have my 14 to 24 with me right now. Uh-huh. And, and it was just so such a beautiful setting that 
I had to make it work. And, you know, I mean, what do we do with our iPhones when we have our iPhones and we want to take a panel? We just start from the left and go all the way to the right. Well, that's what I did with the 50. I went back into the woods, which was which was kind of cool because it some leaves were over me. Um, so it kind of made like this cool vignette around me. Uh, so I just started all the way to the left. A couple shots. You know, I didn't start right at the end of the horse carriage and buggy. Um, I started a little bit more to the left, so I had more room to uh, crop. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like an eight-shot pano, and um, I did it twice. And just, just, for, just in case I didn't nail it the first time, let's say if I just – missed missed a, a little section of, of the horse or something and then i just stitched up and post and what do you know it it, it all came out and and i was so happy now, with it when you're shooting that are you are you shooting horizontally vertically horizontal are, horizontal okay yeah yeah and uh because when- because you have the wide you know if, if you do eight shots you have have the wide all set up so mm-hmm. now you you need you need the room on the top and the bottom right and plus i mean the, the files are so big that you have a lot of room to crop yeah um yeah so and vertical. and so you're probably shooting with a short shutter speed right and just like bop, 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 as you're as you're as you're panning across handheld right is that Pretty much, I, I I can't remember the shutter speed exact, but I, I believe it was a faster shutter speed because right. you can't have Freeze it. Each frame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there are there's all moving parts in that shot, so you kind of have to uh, kind of got to nail it. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. That's actually that's uh, that's really cool, and that's a good tech technique um, that I think I just kind of picked up from you too, without thinking like because I usually don't do that, but in a situation where it's like where you need to, that's a brilliant, a brilliant way to handle it. Um, so. Well, yeah. So, so if your 20 goes, you have your 35 millimeter that you can do that with, or your 50 or whatever. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, yeah. Let me just get back onto our show topics here. Um, oh yeah. So I did, I want to mention anything else about lens choice, I guess. Um, yeah. I guess the only thing I'm trying to think for our, from the perspective of our listeners, um, the, first of all, the, you know the reason that I went more shooting primes is because I, um, I kind of like the idea of moving a little bit, and I I like being able to stop to to go down to like f two. Um, that that's probably like the, the main reason I love that look where it just kind of goes out in the back, and it's just easier to do that, and you get more light in, and and all that kind of thing. And that's that's one of the reasons why I ended up shooting shooting more primes. Um, well, you're also coming from the Canon system too, right? I, mean, I was, yeah. I know, I know, I know. A lot of a lot of Canon shooters shoot a lot of primes, to where some Nikon people don't as much. Um, mm-hmm. You yeah, know what? That, that could, there might be a be reason thing, for that because you really needed that that low that low f stop mm-hmm. uh, for the Canon because they didn't have the high SOs. That that's Nikon. right. That yeah, I'm thinking there that there might be a reason for that, and that's probably could be why because um, because the not only that but Canon's original 24 to 70 Mark One was a terrible horrific lens um mm-hmm. like in terms of like not horrific but i mean just like it was just not up to speed with like what nikon was doing and then even but at least their mark ii is much better the 24 to 70 mark ii on canon um but that first one wasn't and i feel like maybe that's why a lot of uh canon shooters you know shoot primes um and be, and mm-hmm. as you said you know being able to every little best little bit little last bit of light that you can get uh can be very helpful um, so, so when I moved over, I was already shooting primes at that time. Uh, when I start the day, 
when I show up uh, to the the beginning of the day to like the bride getting ready and everything like that, I have two cameras going. I have a one is the 105 macro that I use as a portrait lens and being able to shoot macro. I feel like that's a beautiful lens like for, for the beginning of the day because you need to do those detail shots a lot of the times. But at the same time, you also need that portrait lens or I like getting that portrait lens shooting, being able to shoot a little bit longer. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I have a 35 on. So it's my 35 and my 105 are my main like lenses that I use throughout the day, except I would prefer it to be that 135-20, but the 135-20 on the Nikon is not a lens that has autofocus as part of its uh, part of its definition. <laughs> well, it does, but it's just terrible. It's horrific. And I even sent it into Nikon and spent 400 bucks trying to, you know, hopefully that they would, they would fix it. But uh, it came back pretty much almost the way that it left because it's just an older lens and I thought it was my copy or something like that. It's like, nope, it is, if you're shooting it at 2.0 and it doesn't let you do microfocus adjustments, it's just like, that's what it is. I'm like, all right. So I spent 400 bucks for almost nothing. Um, and, and you know what? And, and in return, um, I just got my 14 to 24 back and this thing was through hell and back. I mean, literally hell and back. This thing was dropped so many times. I thought it was going to be like a $2,000 fix. I kid you not. I thought I was just going to have to buy a new one, but I sent it in anyway, just see what was going to happen. I mean, this thing wouldn't focus. It wouldn't, you, you couldn't even zoom in, zoom out. Um, the lens, when you rattled it, I mean, there was all these shaky things inside, um, but they sent it back brand. I mean, it literally looks like a brand new lens and only cost me, I think $370. Mm-hmm. I was, I was completely astonished. I was, I was floored when I saw this thing. I, I literally thought that they sent me a brand new lens. <laughs> um, so I got to give kudos to, to Nikon on that and listeners were not sponsored by Nikon, so we just I'm, just I'm just saying that i love i love the i love the company so i'm i'm very happy with that unfortunately i'm sorry that they, they couldn't do anything with your lens oh yeah actually i don't blame them it's just uh i actually think they did a great job for what they did because my the uh the lens hood was like one of it's one of those older lenses so it's like a metal lens hood and that metal mm-hmm. lens hood got all banged up so they put a new they had to t- take the whole lens apart basically to put this metal lens hood back on and then I, you know, I was asking them to do a couple other things and, you know, they, they did a great job. It's just that lens mm-hmm. is just an old lens and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, uh, you have to shoot it manually basically as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. but I can't yeah. do that as, as the way that I, I can't shoot that at a wedding the way that I want to. Um, so I'm thinking about selling right. it and, and for, and I've, you've heard me say for like, since this podcast started for almost a year and a half now, where is the art Sigma 135 art series lens? <laughs> Please, Sigma, please, please, please. I need that lens or Nikon, at least update your 135. Um, but those are the main lenses that I use throughout the day. Uh, and mm-hmm. that 105 is, is is really a great lens because you can shoot the details and use it as a portrait lens. Um, and But then I, I'm able to shoot wide when I need to to get those group shots with that 35. And that usually gets me through. And then I've got a 50. I've got that shoot sack bag that I kind of put where I have uh, other lenses right by me as mm-hmm. I need them that I can swap uh, right then and there. So I don't have to um, grab other, go to my main bag. I have my main bag and then I have that shoot sack bag that sits with me all day as I'm shooting a wedding and I can just hot swap lenses right then and there. But right. wh- But, you know, I guess I don't really have too much more to say about what lens choice to use. One thing that I actually do want to mention from the perspective of the listener who asked the question, you know, why are you using what lens when you do and why would be 
I don't think about that. <laughs> I don't care what <laughs> lens that I'm what lens I'm using. I don't know how else to say it other than I don't care what lens I'm using. If it's a portrait, I will usually want to shoot long. But if it's if the background looks awesome, I'm want I'm gonna want to shoot wider, um, and then I'm gonna use a lens that's a little bit wider. That's just how I see the world and how I shoot. Um, I think you're you yourself are probably more of like a wide you you show more I think than I do by by nature. I I zoom in a little bit more, and I think you shoot a little bit wider by your default artistic vision. I well, guess, right? well, Andy, that's that's what you see me showing off online. Um, but I mean, I, I would I would say wide angles is probably five percent of what I shoot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but those are, those are my favorite. Those are my signature kind of shots. Mm -hmm. I like to show, um, the whole scene, um, that that's just what I like to show off online. That's kind of like my, my thing, but, um, but no, I mean, I shoot, I shoot everything. (laughs) Oh yeah. I guess I should, I I should should show more of of the close up (laughs) stuff. Um, yeah, I, I shoot everything. <clears throat> okay well hopefully listeners you got some some pieces out of that especially the virtual reality bit but um, <laughs> um we actually want to cut over to uh, an interview that we had with uh, mr scott jarvie just catching up with him um and it's really uh, not much more than that I, we had mr jarvie on one of our first episodes i think it was like episode two or three or four or something like that yeah it was right, right um, yeah early stages of the podcast so uh, we caught up with uh, Jarvie at WPPI in Vegas, and I almost forgot about this interview that we did it. Um, it was just before we were getting uh, some Chinese food uh, with, with the Jarvie, and uh, um, we just did a quick interview. So we're going to cut over to that, and uh, we'll be back to wrap up. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're here with the Jarvie himself, uh, just checking in on him. It's been uh, it's been about a year, over a year, since we've uh, had the opportunity to speak with Mr. Jarvie. It has been over a year. So we're just uh, catching up with him, Jarvie. How you how you been? What's what's been going on? I'm just still I'm still on the road. I am still on the. I don't have to be on the road, but I choose to still stay on the road and travel around. It's quite the fun life. So yeah, but you've had some changes uh, since you've last been on the podcast because the last time we talked to you, I think. Uh, what you were doing is you were uh, going around with the with the golf stream and just making things happen. But but you've uh, you've had some big changes over the last year. So if you want to fill in our listeners with uh, what's been going on since then, yeah, I went from a golf stream to an airstream. No, just joking. I've always had an airstream. I wish I had a golf stream. That'd be faster to get to places. You, oh, you know, I did that to you last year oh, when, yeah? when you were on the podcast. I said golf stream too. I'm <laughs> such a baller. I have a golf stream. Okay. In any event, what okay, yeah, what's yeah, been no, going on since last time? Um, okay, so I have been working on a, a new project, a new company called the Photography Decathlon. I am still in the Airstream traveling just where I want to go and then um, kind of taking it easy. I feel like in the last 10 years of being a photographer, I have been relaxing a little bit more in these last few months than I have in the last 10 years. Okay, but let's talk about your the company a little bit. What's uh, what's even, it may not be wedding photography related, but we still want to catch up with you. So what's what's going on with the company? You know what's great though, wedding photographers are versatile, so that I think they do appeal to what I'm doing, which is a decathlon, which is ten styles of photography. But as a wedding photographer, uh, you often photograph the buildings that you're around. You photograph the like products, you know, like product. You do some aspect of product photography you're photographing rings and bouquets and dresses and stuff like that 
obviously you have people photography and uh, you also have photojournalism, which is style photography. And uh, I mean, there's a few other things that also apply. So some of the people that did the best at this event, which is the photography decathlon, were uh, wedding photographers. So, so Jarvie, I'm still trying to, for our listeners, for our listeners, I'm, no, I'm I so it to be <laughs> like, what is this? And well, like, you're doing a very good I job know. at that. Uh, our, our dinner is served here, but uh, <laughs> so what is the photography decathlon? Uh, just we're going to hone in a little bit further here. Okay, but I demand like this cool long interview about it because it's so exciting. I wanted to just do a teaser to some future interview, but it is a competition. It's a two-day event, so it's you know in in the photography world we we need this like cool thing that will stretch people to be their best like this Ragnar or Tough Mudder or Marathon something that you train you work super hard on and then you go and do it and you're like that is the toughest thing I've ever done in photography that was exhausting that was that was stressful that was hard um, or you can do like the easier division and go oh that was just fun you know but you got this thing that will make you work hard and tr and like have this purposeful like learning experience to get good at it and so at the end and you're like oh how good do i did i do you can actually see instead of just having people on on facebook go oh you took such good pictures and you're great and you're the best absolutely and so if if uh, people uh, listeners listening to this right now where could people go to find out more about this uh this 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 here? uh photo deca and hopefully we have a name that they can just figure out but it's photo deca d e c a Dot com and uh, we are doing a new. Uh, we're doing our registration for the next event coming up in like June or July. So if they go there now, we've got the old site. But um, in June, July, we'll have a we'll have it up and running again for the new year. Okay, very good, uh, Mr. Jarvie. Our food is uh, served here, uh, so I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna eat here. Anything else you want to mention to our our listeners? Uh, just a, just a just a brief follow up with uh, with the Jarvie. Um, nope, that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> okay. That is it. Okay, well we're gonna eat some Chinese food here and uh, I put my life online. <laughs> they can go there and see it. Not checking. Okay, so so photodeca.com. Check it out and uh, keep up with the Jarvie. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> thanks, uh, Mr. Jarvie, for jumping on and and reconnecting with our listeners. Wedding photographers unite and. Uh, and Neil, I think that's going to wrap things up for today. So, uh, Neil, uh, where can people follow you? Uh, look me up on Facebook. Let's do Facebook this week. Uh, Neil Urban, N-E-A-L-U-R-B-A-N. Since we were talking about Facebook earlier, let's just follow me on Facebook. Okay. And uh, my name is Andy Buscemi, B-U-S-C-E-M-I, and Google my name and find me on social media. And I'm going to start using more of it soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh so thank you so much listeners for listening in to episode number 24 of wedding photographers unite don't forget to send in those questions to info at wedding photographers unite and uh we will see you next time thanks for listening in, everybody have a good one bye now wedding photographers unite